Good afternoon. It's a Saturday afternoon here in Toronto, and uh, I guess it's a Saturday afternoon <laughs> in most of the Western world. Um, Maple Leaf Man here. We're going to talk about tractors today. <clears throat> we had a early 50s Massey Harris pony tractor that uh, my dad was very proud of, and uh, was probably built in 51 or 52, and we bought it used. And I remember the day it came on the back of a, I guess it was a, a trailer pulled by a truck. I don't even know how or when, where he got it. I don't know how much he paid. I should have asked him before he died. Um, it was uh, the um, dimensions, it was five feet tall. I'm reading from a Barrett Jackson uh, auction thing. And it had a uh, 66 inch wheelbase and it had a four-cylinder Continental N62 engine, three-speed transmission, unsynchronized, of course, and uh, about 10 horsepower. I'm not sure if, if they were any different engines or not, but uh, ours would have had about 10, 10 horsepower. Um, the brake had a little, the brake pedal had a, a flip-up uh, thing, so that you flipped it up and then you could either brake with the left side uh, you could break the left rear tire or the right rear tire or or them both so of course if you got stuck and you could you could break one wheel and i guess you could turn sharper it didn't have a plow although my dad did make a a wooden push plow that he used put on the back the hydraulic uh, bar would go up and down and he would push while it was down and then then lift it up to drive to another spot. It worked fairly well. We had a reasonably long driveway and uh, it worked, it worked, it did the job, let's say. We didn't have any power takeoff or anything like that. And of course it was Massey Harris Red. And I remember the drawbar and the, uh, we had a wagon, we had a steel wheeled wagon and we'd pull it with the uh, with the tractor and do all our haying and stuff with it. And uh, we had a single plow, but I don't think my dad plowed very much. I remember he plowed the field behind the barn once, and it would have taken forever with a single plow, but uh, he, he managed to do it anyway. Um, that's how he learned to drive, basically on the tractor. You changed gears first, second, third, and then uh, third, it would go reasonably fast in third. It was great fun on a pay, on a, the road, not, not necessarily through the fields. And when I was really young, I used to sit up uh, on the, this metal part behind the, uh, behind the engine, between the steering wheel and the, and the engine. And there was a flap there that you could lift up and put tools in. And I used to sit up there and ride while my dad drove uh, around the farm. I, I, it was a lot of memories tied up in that tractor. And later on in life, uh, it lost compression, of course, as, as engines do. And my dad took it apart, put, uh, I guess, new rings and stuff in it and fixed it all up. It was uh, a real handy, handy tractor. Very small, but perfect for a, a a hobby farmer like my dad and uh, I think it always started. I had a one liter engine really, I didn't realize that. Um, what else do I remember about that? I remember cutting hay with it. We had the old uh, 
it wasn't a dr on the drawbar. You, ha you had to uh, like a lot of the, the mowers back then. I think were running off the power takeoff, things like that. But this car, this uh, tractor didn't have power takeoff. So we had this old style mower that I've talked about before, and you'd put the arm down and go around the field in one direction, then that would leave you a path so that you could go around in the other direction and cut the hay. You always started with the, uh, the blade towards the outside of the field and did a round around the field, a square, rectangle, whatever, and then you would turn the tractor around and go the other way so that you wouldn't, wouldn't be knocking down the hay as you drove. And uh, it took a while. I think the bar was about five feet long, something like that. And the blades would go back and forth. Uh, the, the steel or cast iron wheels would drive the, the blade. There were cogs and then the blade would go back and forth, back and forth, like, a, like old style shears, I guess. And of course, they had to be tightened. Um, sorry, um, what's that word? Sharpened, all the time, and uh, every year. And then we, they were held on by rivets. And my dad would, uh, if one broke, there was always seemed to be a supply of them from somewhere. I don't know exactly where. And he'd uh, pound the rivets in and, and put a new blade on, a new single blade. And the arm that drove the. Uh, that drove the blade was wooden, of course, um, and if quite frequently you'd hit a stone and it would snap and we'd have to fix that. I don't know if we ever had another one or not. It was called the Pittman arm. I remember Dad calling it the Pittman arm. And uh, it broke or snapped and, and it was hardwood. It was oak probably. And uh, he had to fix it with, I don't know, nails and tape or something like that. Um, and we had different equipment, as I, I've talked about the rakes that we had, the sideways rake and the dump rake. We also had a seeder that uh, we, we would seed with. And we would also use it to, <laughs> believe it or not, we had a hose running from the exhaust and we always had a problem with uh, groundhogs. So we try to steam out the, or smoke out the groundhogs. Um, <laughs> We'd you know, put a hose over the exhaust and, and stuff, stuff the hose down in, into the groundhog holes to try and get them to come out. And if they came out, of course, my dad would shoot them. They really made a big mess of the field. They, we didn't have horses at that time, so um, it wasn't a danger, but uh, there were huge mounds and it just made uh, cutting hay very difficult. So we wanted to get rid of them as much as possible. And our dog, uh, Brownie got used to uh, waiting by one of the exit holes and uh, he'd tear into the uh, <laughs> he'd tear into the groundhog if it happened to come out although groundhogs can be very very vicious if they're cornered so uh, they've got big teeth and uh, they're not exactly the the kind of animal that you want to make a pet of so that's the story about the tractor. Um, I can't think of too much else that we did with it uh, other than learning how to drive. That was the, the big thing. And uh, when, we, when we would pull the, we'd, we'd load a wagon with hay and then drive it into the barn uh, through the big sliding back doors. And it was, we, we tried to back it in quite a few times, but that was very difficult because it's a, it's the, the drawbar on the uh, wagon was 
articulate it and you had to be a very good driver to uh, back it into the barn. So what we did, we just drove it into the barn. And the tractor, amazingly enough, was just wide enough to fit through the beams that held up uh, the roof over the, the cow stable, cow barn, part of the, you know, the one with the bales where the cows would, would spend most of the winter. And it just fit through. So if we had had a bigger tractor, I don't know what we would have done. It would have, uh, it would have been quite difficult. I'm looking at pictures of it now in the, the Barrett-Jackson uh, uh, site, and it's bringing back a lot of memories. The one that's for sale there has a wagon. We never had a wagon. It had a, a you know, we didn't have a, a proper wagon for it. Uh, this one seems to, to ride on the drawbar, and it's also got a plow attachment on the front, which we really could have used. Because, uh, because of the driveway and the amount of snow we had when we were, uh, when I was a kid. And somehow it made its way to my parents' new home, which was about 60 miles away from the old one. And I guess they rented a trailer and maybe towed it behind the car. I'm not sure how they got it up there. But uh, it was up there and that's where my dad got it going again. Uh, I think he rebuilt the engine, something like that. He was a very, very handy man. And uh, he, he knew his way around an engine. Of course, he was self-taught. He never, never went to school for any of this. But, he, you know, those in the days of, of tappets and, and points, plugs and condenser and all that kind of stuff. And he knew exactly how to, how to work and make things, you know, get things fixed. I remember he did my sister's car, too. Uh, she had a 65 Valiant. And it had the slant six engine. 170 cubic inch, I think, and he managed to. Uh, well, that's when I really do, you know, drove drove fast. It was such a, a cool car, and the very nice slant six engine. But my dad uh, did the the uh, rings on that one. He had to rebuild it, and I remember him using all the the various tools that he could get at Canadian Tire to to lap out the cylinders and then create a smooth surface for the rings later, you know, in the, in, inside the engine. Well, that's about it. That's about uh, 10 minutes or so. So I'm, I'm usually 10 or 12 minutes. If I think of more stuff about the tractor, I'll, I'll, um, I'll post it here. Massey Harris, by the way, became Massey Ferguson. So you may not know, you may not know the name Massey Harris, but uh, that was the precursor to uh, Massey Ferguson. And of course, they went into business later on, uh, as a lot of tractor companies did because of unions and things like that. Um, they just couldn't afford to compete with some of the larger international companies, I guess. And uh, it, was, it was a sad, sad, it was a good company. They made excellent tractors, but uh, it was sad to see them... Uh, See them go to business. All right, um, that's Maple Leaf Man over and out. I'm going to call this one My Little Pony, so <laughs> you'll uh, you'll be able to find it. Thanks for uh, thanks for listening, and if you want to make comments below, uh, that's that's great. I'd love to hear from you. Maple Leaf Man over and out.